Hello, everyone, and welcome again, Pastor Deborah here, and welcome to you from wherever you are, whatever galaxy or planet or star system or moon you are on. We are here to help you. Yes, me, Pastor Deborah, a spiritual teacher from Agape Love. Love is here's global spiritual teaching network. I'm coming to you over YouTube. That's right. And I'm coming to you through Zoom Pro. I'm recording in that. And I'm using a wonderful, wonderful motion video. This one from Pixabay. I'm able to get free motion videos that are very good. They have great creators for free from Pixabay. So I want to welcome you today to this wonderful spiritual teaching in the Spiritual Multitudes, volume number three, Agape Love, the Greatest Gift. We're going to be picking up in part number 38. This was a book that I wrote, and I've turned it into not only just audio, but video, but podcasting. I wrote this years ago about you, the spiritual multitudes. I had to learn to find you, who you were, what you were looking for like this young man, and looking through curtains. This young man sort of represents your spirit, your forever person, hidden away in the deep darkness, confines of your soul, and its lust of its flesh, its lust of its eyes, and the pride of life. It was to be the king and the ruler living out in the open, but instead it is living in some place with a curtain, a veil upon its eyes, hidden away from what's really going on, but being used for the soul of each of us needs our spirit. Our spirit was to be the king, the mouthpiece, the guidance to bring to our soul. So our soul could be the helpmate and it could use the soul's emotions and its thoughts and imaginations and creativity through the physical body. And everybody would know the condition, who the ruler was, the spirit. But when you're like this young man and your spirit lives in darkness, ignorance, confusion, it's just the tale of the soul. Somebody else's spirit or something else is your guidance, your king and ruler coming through you. To your soul. So here in the spiritual multitudes, part number 38, we're going to talk a little bit more about you being in bondage and about you being a slave to your brothers. Mm-hmm. This story comes out of the Old Testament in Genesis 9, where Noah had saved the world. Through his family and a lot, all of the animals due to a flood that would wipe and cleanse the earth of so much violence and evil, wickedness, even in animals. Do you know that I even look at my feral cats and I tell the Lord, this one has no evil in its heart because only those were spared, those that had no evil 
imaginations or wickedness towards a human. They were able to go on the ark with Noah. That's right. So in this spiritual multitudes part, number 38, we're going to pick up in this story that after the flood, Noah came out and his family came out and the animals came out and life started returning maybe back to normal where they started doing things again to rebuild. Noah planted grapes, a vineyard, drank of the grapes, which had been fermented and became wine. And he got drunk. He passed out, we believe, in his tent, and he was uncovered. Now, that can have several meanings, could have mean he didn't have any clothes on, he was laying around naked, or that his drunkenness was seen. And maybe he was fully clothed. A lot of people have many different meanings of what that means. But we're going to talk a little bit about that story because it relates to you and agape love. So first, welcome to everybody, to the trillions of you here in the garden. God allows me to come and you to come to teach you. The garden is a place of teaching spiritually. You might be in your mother's womb. You might be asleep in your crib, in your stroller. You might be at your daycare center. You might be sleeping on an airplane, in a car, driving a truck. You might be working behind a desk, but your spirit can travel. I learned that when I began working to help people the Lord's way. The spirits, all of us, travel. Some of us know it. Some of us desire to learn how to do it, and we get some help. Others are forced to do it through trauma and abuse and fear of death. So welcome to the Spiritual Multitudes, volume number three, Agape Love, the Greatest Gift, number 38. Now, let's open with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here helping us, teaching us, bringing images to us, trying to help us understand ourselves, our spirit, our soul, and our physical body, that you are trying to help us understand you, the world around us, the two kingdoms, the two realms, and the two worlds that are on our planets. Father, thank you that you have given us your spiritual teacher, the Holy Spirit. And through him, we will learn about your word that was made flesh. We will learn about your heart in Isaiah 61 and 62. And we will learn about our past that we need to be set free. So we can not only come to a window spiritually, and our spirits can look through the dark curtains of our soul. But those dark curtains, that veil of flesh, can be pulled away. And we can be free to see you and your love, your kingdom, your presence, your truth, your light, your wisdom. And that we can understand that we have been in great darkness and ignorance and confusion. And our spirits have been in jail, locked in dungeons, away from you and the light. And yet something in us, Father 
even in those quiet moments when we have been alone, reach for you in our thoughts, in our imaginations in some way. So, Father, be with us now in this teaching here in Agape Love's ministry in the spiritual multitudes. Agape Love, the greatest gift. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to pick up, as I said, in number 38. Please know if I look fuzzy or if I point my hand toward this young man and my hand disappear or things happen around my hair and you see things coming through like that right there. That's my bookcase and my desk. I don't use a green screen. I've tried the professional ones. They are too big, too cumbersome. I've had homemade ones, too cumbersome. Had them on my chair, not big enough. I am sort of decluttering my area where I record in. I'm getting ready to um, declutter the bookcases. I've been living in this same house for over 40 years. And I am working now to clean it up. And I've had DVDs and books and notebooks. And I'm working because one day I'm not going to be around. I'll be moving from here, I believe. Oh, maybe 20, 30 years from now. That'll put me almost 100. So I'm beginning to declutter, donate to worthy causes to help people get off drugs and alcohol. Donating books to the library. Donating clothes and curtains and toys. Yeah. Things I've gathered over the years. So there's not a room. I don't have a wall behind me. I love using motion videos. But I like an easy life. I used to put up a picture frame with a whiteboard on it. And I frame and uh, large, tall flower vases. It took a lot of work. And then at each video, I had to change the picture frame. Mm-hmm. And it was very cluttery. And then I would also put titles on the picture along with the uh, the whiteboard. So I'm in a new format. And I'll be donating those pictures and the whiteboards and the vases, flowers. So no matter where I travel, all I got to do is hook up my microphone, my wonderful Yeti, and my camera. Go to Zoom Pro where I've set up the meetings. Get a background, which I get from Pixabay. Push record and off we go. I could be anywhere. So I learned, and I hope you don't mind if I'm fuzzy at times. Just close your eyes and listen. It's really the words, but I use videos because we are a visual learner. Even all children are. And if you cannot see like you are blind, your hands become your eyes. You feel, you touch. Okay? You explore your hands, your whole five senses help you to see, to understand. Mm -hmm. That's right. If one goes down like you're hearing, your eyes read lips. Mm -hmm. You learn to watch body language. That's a good study, body language. Nonverbal communication. So let's get started here in part number 38. We had just finished Genesis 9, 27, where Noah had been speaking and cursing his grandson, Cain. 
And let's hear what he said. Verse 27. Noah was still speaking spiritually, decreeing and declaring and prophesying blessings to some of his children, to Shem and Jephthah, and cursing to Cain and his children. Reason Cain, his father was Ham. Ham was the one that originally went in and saw the nakedness of Abraham. And he went out, and instead of being quiet, he told his brothers. Don't know what he said. And Jepha and Shem got a blanket and put it on their shoulders and walked backwards and laid it on their father. Well, in all the excitement, Ham had left his light, maybe a lantern or a candle, by his father. So when his father Abraham, excuse me, his father Noah woke up, he saw the light and he recognized it as Ham. But he couldn't curse Ham for doing what he did. Because what had Ham done? He had discovered the sin and unrighteousness of their father, the patriarch of the family, the savior of the world, so to speak. So Noah was embarrassed, angry. But he saw this light, it says, and he knew it was Ham's. But he couldn't curse Ham. God had already blessed him. So he cursed Ham's son, Cain, Canaan, who did nothing but was the son of Ham. So that's sort of the backstory. So you can be cursed by a grandfather and you are innocent and you've done nothing. You can be cursed by your father. You can be cursed by the actions of others. Words were spoken, decreed and declared. So Noah was blessing some of his children and their descendants and cursing Cain, the son of Ham, and his descendants. His own children, he was cursing because he was angry, humiliated, mad, getting caught sort of with his britches down, doing something that was unrighteous and he shouldn't have been doing it. He was cursing some grandchildren and their descendants to come. Did he care at the time? No. He was mad. How many of you have done the same thing? And you don't even realize it. And here is what Noah said. Or continued to say. God shall enlarge. Persuade Jepha. Jepha became the Gentiles. And they shall dwell. Live. Come into the tents, the family of Shem, through Shem. And it's long geology came Christ Jesus and Mary. And they stayed with the God that spoke to Noah to build the ark. So he is saying, Jepha, your your descendants are going to go off. They were the Gentiles. But you're going to come back into the tents, the family of Shem. And his God. Okay? And you'll see that how that's played out. I was a Gentile. And I came back to the family. Of God of the Jews. Not the God that most of them are worshipping now. Because that's the God. That is not Christ Jesus. They're still waiting for King David. Sort of to come on. The scene. And Noah goes on and says Canaan. Now that's the his grandson. And Canaan's father was Ham. He was the one that did the initial discovery and left his light in there. 
Canaan shall be his, Jephthah's servant and slave. You shall be a servant in bondage to Jephthah. Mm-hmm. Slavery to a whole set of people and descendants from a patriarch, a father, one who saved everybody because he heard God. But through an act of drinking, alcohol, embarrassment, anger, being discovered, feeling guilty, he going to take that anger out on somebody. So he took it out in Canaan and Canaan's descendants. That was horrible to happen. Now we're going to pick up in Ephesians 2.13 to help us understand the condition that most of us are in. Ephesians 2.13 out of the authorized King James Bible. Verse 13. Here we are spiritually looking through the veil, the curtain of the soul and the physical body trapped in darkness. Still can't see clearly, and we're not free to go out and be in truth and light. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off. Who was that? That was not only Jephas, the Gentiles, but Canaan and his descendants as well. From me, the Lord God, Canaan's descendants who were spiritually cursed by his own biological grandfather. And even though he and Canaan was innocent, by the words of the father, his grandfather, and all of Canaan's descendants, they were afar off from the God of Shem. They were afar off. But now, Here in Ephesians, we're learning that you who were sometimes way far away from Christ Jesus, something was going to happen. You who were servants and slaves to your own brothers. Do we see that in humanity and history? Yes. Slaves have been around since day one. Doesn't matter if you were a child, a woman, or man. There have been slaves and slave masters. Because right here, when the new world was beginning after the flood, Noah spoke and decreed slavery to one-third of humanity that was to come from his three children and his grandchildren. You who are not blessed are happy, not saved, Not having the Lord God of Shem as your shield and your protector. Or having his sword, his word of his excellency as your protection. And he, Canaan, will not spiritually tread defeat. His spiritual enemies of this curse of slavery and bondage. Who hold them in slavery. These words that are held by demonic spirits. For those demonic spirits are in high places. Of authority and dominion. Holding the curse of slavery and bondage. 
in place throughout the generations. Those words were decreed by an unknown king. They were made law by Noah speaking it. Even though he did not understand, he was a spiritual king on earth. He was the father, the patriarch, the leader of the new world, so to speak. His words were law. And he had, we'll call them soldiers, that would ensure the enforcement of the law for generations after generations. And this one-third of humanity, these children of Cain, would not spiritually be a part of Noah's blessings that were decreed to the other two. Even Jephah wasn't blessed for most of his generations. It said, you're going off, but you'll come back eventually into the family. The tents is what it means. The house of Shem. Shem was the the blessed one. Shem, I followed the genealogy out. And if you follow it through the Bible, from Shem came all of the the great ones in the Bible. Mm -hmm. You have to do genealogy. You've got to study genealogy and follow it out. Well, who were the descendants of Jephah? Where did they go from when they came out of the ark? They went north. Did you know Shem's descendants went into China? Yes, Christianity and God were in China early, early on. Some great videos I've got about China and the Bible. Yes, Shem's descendants went that far into China. They went west. Jephus went north and east. Maybe we'll say into Europe and eventually over into the Americas. And where did Ham's descendants go? South. Ham's descendants became probably a lot of the Arabs Mm -hmm. into Africa, South Pacific. Mm -hmm. Yep. You got to study. I did that. I was curious to know, where did we come from? Because after the flood, there was only Noah and his wife, his three boys and their wives, and their children to come. Mm -hmm. So I studied. So Noah was decreeing and declaring both blessings and curses. A lot of people I run into, they are victims of sexual abuse or other kinds of abuse in childhood, but only one in the family. Maybe the other children were not abused. This is what happened in Noah's family. Two of them were blessed and one was cursed. Mm -hmm. And nowadays we don't know where we come from. Are you a descendant of Jephah, Shem, Canaan? We don't know. The enemy knows. He keeps records. He has books. And these that are now spiritually a part of the grandfather, the great Noah, decreed blessings. Many were, but most weren't. So those that were of Ham's descendants, Canaan's son, They will not spiritually tread, have victory on, overcome 
his spiritual enemies of this curse of slavery and bondage, which live in high places of authority and dominion. They're there to support the words of Noah at all cost. Holding this curse of slavery and bondage in place throughout all the generations. And not spiritually allowing the slaves to be free. Or to take part in the decreed blessings. Wonder where slavery came from? Some people are all upset because they were taken out of somewhere. But there's been slaves before ever. It was a one of the goodies that came out of war. Conquering nations. Conquering tribes. Mm-hmm. Some people just needed women to have families. So they'd go capture a woman. Take her and slave. So they could have children. There's nothing new. It's as old as humanity. So these now, those that were in Jephthah now, they would be made to come to the Lord Christ Jesus through teaching and preaching. And they were not spiritually near God for for thousands and thousands of generations. And eventually, God was going after Canaan's children. So they too could spiritually come near to him. The heavenly father threw how a cross. The sacrifice of his own word himself on it for everybody. He was going to level the playing field. We weren't going to just have a group of blessed ones and cursed ones. I'm going to break that curse. The power of the curse over you. How did he do it? The power of agape love. The greatest gift. And how would he break that curse over you? Of not being blessed. Not having God as your excellency. Your sword. Peace and freedom. Couldn't tread no matter if you prayed. Nothing happened. He said, well. First. The old you that is cursed. Spiritually. This guy. He has to die. Spiritually. Then he can just come right on out of his bondage and slavery. Through the cross. Through my forgiveness. Through the blood. So God was at work in a strange way. To free everybody. Mm -hmm. And now even most of Sham's people are still in bondage. God put a veil over their eyes when they would not believe in him. As the Christ. And they still have it until he removes it. They see him in the Old Testament. They believe in God of the Old Testament. But not that Christ is his son. They're not there yet. but So we have to pray for them. They're the children of Shem. Mm -hmm. But the Heavenly Father had a spiritual plan for you and your family. Your loved ones, your friends, your nation. For generations to come. Long after you are gone. So let's look at another scripture. Acts 2, 39. That's in the New Testament. Acts was, we were learning about the deeds of the apostles. What they were doing after Christ Jesus had died. 
on a cross, rose again and left, went back home to the kingdom. And we were learning about some of the things they were doing to demonstrate the love of God, his power and authority over stuff on the earth. So Acts 2, 39. For my, the Lord, the spiritual promise is unto you. See, Jephthah was given a promise. You will come into the tents, the family of Shem. Canaan didn't have that. But God said, I'll make a way for you. I'll give you a promise, my son. Just believe in his name. That's all you have to do. Don't even have to understand it. I'll open the curtains. I'll even open this other one. And you will be free to come out of your bondage. Your generations of being cursed as a slave. A slave to sin. A slave to your brothers. A slave in your soul. A slave in your physical body. When you're an addict, you're a slave. Your body and your emotions are a slave. It doesn't matter food. All your drugs come from food and chemicals. You're a slave to that. You've become in bondage. You're not free. Your thoughts. Maybe you've been in the same political party for generations. You're a slave. You're in bondage. You're not a free thinker. Maybe you just follow around people and believe whatever they say is true. And they get you all emotionally upset. And and they stir you up. You're a slave. You can be easily led and guided. Okay, by more powerful public speakers. You can be threatened in your dreams. You can be threatened at your job. You can be threatened and isolated if you don't participate like everybody else. Mm-hmm. If you don't go along with the government authorities, they'll make your life hell for you. So here in Acts 2.39, We're learning that the spiritual promise is unto you who are afar off and to your children, to Shem's children, to Jephthah's children, and to Canaan's children, and to all that are afar off. All, that means you. This guy is afar off from the promise of freedom. He might look through his soul and his physical body, but he's not free. He was supposed to be the king. Of that system. But he's not. He's just the tail. He goes wherever the soul goes. The soul is influenced by evil and wickedness. Lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh. And the pride of life. And he is saying. Canaan too. And all of his descendants. Can now have this promise. Ham's son Canaan. Can come. To the God of Shem. Even as many as the Lord our God. Shall spiritually call. Woo and draw. When I come to you on this video. You're being drawn. When you come into the garden. You are being drawn. Wooed. Called to. Come. Come. Open the curtain. Let us free you. From the curses of slavery. Whether you're a. And slavery as a sexual victim. A slavery to addictions of anything. 
in slavery to your emotions, to your truth, but not the truth. Enslaved to the pride of life. Enslaved inside of you. We wonder why people say what they say and do what they do. It's all in here. There's a spiritual kingdom of slavery and darkness that's at work. And there's a God of love, agape love, that's trying to free you and help you. So I want to end right here before we get into some prayers about this. Just know you're loved. There's hope for you. This is not, this is one step. The spirit opening those dark curtains. But you say there's other ones there. The veil of flesh is still there. And you're still in the room. And I'm telling you. There is hope. You who are afar off from the blessings and the promise that even Abraham spoke over Shem. Shem's God can become your excellency. Shem's God can become your protection. Your sword can help you win over your enemy. Come home. Not to Noah. Come home to the Father. The God of Shem. He will break all those curses off of you from Noah. And bondage and slavery to your brother. Even to your soul. Or your physical body. He'll start there with you. Then he'll start working with you. With others. There's a lot to do. You are a mess. So I want to end right here with prayer. Before we go any further. Dear Heavenly Father. We thank you. For your love story of agape love. The spiritual multitudes. Volume number three. The greatest gift. Thank you for continuing to teach us about ourselves. And the mess we have gotten into. And how Noah. Who you used to save all of us. From a great flood. That after a while unrighteousness set in. And he got embarrassed and angry. When he got caught. In his tent after drinking wine. And he cursed one of his own children. His grandchildren. And how these blessings for some and curses for others. Have traveled the generations. Thank you for this knowledge. And thank you father. That you have a way to help all of us. To return unto you. To the God of Christ Jesus. The father of the son of God. The king of the kingdom of heaven. God the most high. God of Shem. God of Moses. Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. God of King David and King Solomon. God. That will make a new earth one day. God who went to the cross. Inside your own son. To set the captives free of the slavery and bondage. These words that have cursed so much of us and so many of us for generations upon generations. Thank you that a new birth in you breaks those words off of us. For we die and we are free. We're no longer married to the curse. Enslaved to it, in bondage to it, one with it, intimate with it. We are free. Due to death. 
Father, we thank you that you care about us so much, that you provided a spiritual death and birth for our spirit and our soul, and one day for our physical body. But Father, we know you need us out here teaching, helping others to be spiritually free from their souls, from being just the tail and the slave to the soul, and for the soul to be free of its lust of its eyes, its lust of its flesh, and the pride of life, and to be free from the addictions and slavery to the physical body. Father, help us in all areas where we are bound in slavery to ourselves and to others. Father, help us in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. If you want that, it's done. Mm -hmm. You're born again. You're free from that curse. Come on out and let us meet you. Step out of the room. Step out into the light. Mm -hmm. It'll be a scary place out here. Because you'll be a baby. Get with a good spiritual mama. Let him teach you and nurture you in the word of God. Be around good spiritual parents. Fathers. Pastors. Teachers. Read the word for yourself. Get a children's Bible if you have to. Watch videos. A lot of good children's movies. There's so much wonderful ways to learn. Movies. Fairy tales, fantasy movies, games. Oh, yes, you can learn through those video games. Yes, sir. You surely can. Cartoons. Nature itself, if you have none of that, will teach you. So welcome out of slavery and bondage into the free world of agape love, the greatest gift. Okay. I'll see you on the next Spiritual Multitudes, Volume 3. We still got... A little bit more to go in this book. And then we'll start another one. Not sure what yet. But I have, remember, Volume 1 and Volume 2 in different formats of the spiritual multitude. I have a lot of books to get up yet. So you be encouraged. We're going to keep going and keep going. Love, Pastor Deborah. Bye-bye.